Hello and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra. So grateful that you're here with me today and I hope that you are safe in the world wherever you might be, wherever you are listening to this episode in this moment. We took a beat last Wednesday from posting um, an episode and by we I mean me because we both know that I'm a one-woman show here. Um, I took a beat from posting any new episodes last week um, in light of the election and all of the tension and just emotion that I think has been running through um, not just myself but us as a collective and so I really wanted to intentionally give myself some space not clutter the corner of my internet um, and put things out that I just felt like deserved a bit more integration and silence and going inward. So that's exactly what I did. It felt like the right decision. But with that being said, this week we are back to regular programming every Wednesday and I am over the moon to have Caitlin Smith of Caitlin Curiosity back on the show today. She is one of my favorite people. Um, I just love her so much. She is so magnetic and has made some really major, major, not major, major changes to her career over the course of the last time that she was on the episode, which is episode 59. I really encourage you to listen to both. Episode 59 is all about her moving to nature to a town of just 200 people where she didn't know anyone. She just packed her car and left and basically just trusted the universe that it would provide and provide it did. In this episode, we talk all about how she trusted herself to build the business of her dreams and how she's helping all of us to be more authentic in that space, um, not only within our careers, but showing up on social media because it is a tool that is not going away. And so I was just really excited to have Caitlin on to um, to share her outlook and her wisdom with all of us, and she delivers so much more than that. I thought about editing the intro, but I just love it so much. We had such a sweet, sweet, friendly catch-up. She makes me laugh so hard, and I you can just hear the excitement in my voice um, when she answered the Skype call. So in spirit of authenticity, something that Caitlin is just so freaking good at. Um, I decided to leave this episode unedited, and it really is just like you are a fly on the wall with two friends having coffee or a glass of wine. So I really hope you enjoy it. Let's get to it. Caitlin Smith from Caitlin Curiosity. Hello, Angel. Hi. How are you? Look at your closet. Oh I my know. Girl, you're so fucking organized. It's amazing. <laughs> it's humble beginnings is what I call it, recording from the closet, you know. Everybody does it, one. And two, I don't even have, like, a full walk-in closet to be able to do that. <laughs> it's pretty funny, to be honest. I even have, like, a candle in here. I'm such a nerd. 
Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) Oh, you do. I love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. How are you? I'm so, so happy we're finally doing this again. I know. I know. I am. I was thinking, I was like, why did I reschedule last time? And last time was because my fucking computer charger. And that was like right before my huge launch. And I was like freaking out. And I couldn't like really say why. I was just like, I got to reschedule. I'm having some technical issues. Oh my gosh. No, I felt for you. And that's like so funny. It's like one of those things with like country living, right? Where you're like, oh my God. You love it all the time. And then something like that happens and you're like, <laughs> the what it's like so minor too and Daniel's yeah. like you need to share this with people because I don't think people understand that you can't just like go out and buy something or order it and like overnight ship it from Amazon I'm like totally. I literally was like a week out and I was losing my shit over yeah it, you're but. like no worries just have a launch on the horizon no big deal <laughs> how are you how's the new job oh it's so good it's ah. so much fun it's like such a resounding yes it's a lot of learning that I'm I'm doing but I think that's kind of how you know when it's a resounding yes because you're just like so hungry to learn and I could not be more lucky with the team that I'm a part of like my boss and her wife they're just like two of the most incredible people so did you find them or did they find how did that work so I don't think I knew how that happened yeah so I met her I was doing um photo shoots for this developer um For, I've been doing that for like five years for this guy, and he started a workshare space, he and his partner, and they hired Sarah, my now boss, to do the interior design, and so I met her on site, and she was just really cool, and so actually I just asked if I could bring her coffee and like pick her brain because I didn't go to school for design, so I was like, I know I want to move in that direction. Is it possible? Do you have any advice for me? And we just hit it off so much that like wow. she ended up emailing me later and being like, are you interested in coming on board and helping us? Like, we'll invest in you if, like, you'll invest your time in us. So, yeah, I'm working part-time for them and hoping to go full-time in the new year. So That's wild. Yeah. That is wild to me that you didn't go to school for that. And, like, it's all – I mean, it's not wild because it's so, like, divine for you and supposed mm-hmm. to happen as, like, yeah. it's all unfolding as it should. But that is so cool. I love that. Yeah, it's definitely been, like, a really flowy process, like, even just down from, like, how much they trust me intuitively, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Like, really gives you space to, like, make mistakes and not feel embarrassed or shamed by it. You know, rather they're, like <sighs> – we make mistakes like yeah. that's you're fine you know so it's been really they're good like, thanks for asking that's awesome their thanks. leaders are not just like 100 100 percent yeah incredible and it's just like so much laughter and yeah it's good I definitely hit the jackpot so <laughs> yeah um okay so I'm so excited to get into the juice today because I had outlined cool. this a while ago Okay. And then you have just been on fucking fire. So I had to go through here and like change some stuff. I'm like, wait, she's like made all these other cool things. So I'm oh, really, really I think really that's excited. what was like why the reschedule happened too. Because sure. I was thinking about it today. I'm like so much has changed in that short amount of time yes. from the original date we were supposed to record to now that like n- not none of it would have been relevant, but it would have been so different. 100. I mean, with your social media stuff like 100 i'm this this was divine timing for sure so i'm so glad that we ended up waiting but i know um okay so let's just get right in if you're ready okay let's do it do you want me to record audio on my end too with my microphone or no i think you sound great you sound great okay yeah awesome okay okay so i borrowed this first question from the amazing brene brown 
um, her podcast, Unlocking Us. So it's a simple question, but I think it carries so much weight when it's answered with vulnerability and just full transparency. So how are you doing? Mm. God, first of all, I love Brene Brown and I love that she asked this question and I love that, that you preface it with like answering it vulnerably and not just being like, I'm good. Everything's good. Exactly. Yeah. We're not here for that. No, honestly, I've been really fucking tired, like really exhausted lately. I don't know if it's the shift from right now we're in the transition from fall going into winter and there's a big shift with just less light and the cold and all of that or what it is. So I literally slept 10 hours last night and Mm -hmm. felt amazing from just doing that. So I've been really inward, really hermity, really tired but other than that, really excited about what I'm doing and the people I'm working with. So that's felt really good. That's awesome. Okay, so I'd love to back up a bit and get some background on who you are and how you've become the Caitlin that you are today. So for anyone who's new to Caitlin here, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 59, um, where Caitlin dives deep into her background within career. So truly, that's an important episode to listen to in addition to this one here. But Caitlin, this time around, can you paint us a picture about where you grew up, what your childhood and your family dynamic was like, essentially how Caitlin became Caitlin? Mm, Yes, I... I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. I was born and raised there. My whole family lives there. My mom's side of the family is Hispanic. So they came up from Mexico and a park shop in Arizona. Um, My family dynamic growing up is, I, it is very disconnected. We're not a close knit family by any means. I have so much love for them and I know that they have love for me, but we're just not communication was not my family's strong point at all. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of that has to do now coming to it as an adult, seeing what it was, was the the foundation that my parents had together, their marriage was, they didn't have communication. They weren't happy with each other. And so they stayed together to keep our family together. But I think a lot of that trickled down into our dynamic of really being disconnected. We're really just our own people. There's not a strong communication. There is love there, but it's just not a strong knit family. So every time, just like as a personal, every time I hear you and see you speak about your dad, it just, Mm -hmm. it warms my heart so much because it's so opposite of what I grew up with. And it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful to see you express your love for him and how expressive, how, how expressive he was with his love for you, I think is so, so beautiful. And um, it's, I just wanted to say that to acknowledge that because I think We're it's like really three special. minutes in, you're like making me want to cry. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. That's sweet. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I grew up there. I was kind of taught that we go to school and we follow the rules. And I was a very, very shy child growing up and very introverted. And I think I was often pushed to be something that I wasn't. And so I would struggle with trying to push myself out of that or grow out of being shy or grow out of being introverted. And now I fully embrace it in the most like hermity way as an adult. 100%. (laughs) And, um, Yeah, I was a huge animal lover growing up. It's just so funny because so much of what my childhood 
was the perks, the pluses, all those things, or the things that I maybe tried to like push down of loving animals, loving being by myself, loving being in nature, um, communicating with others and creating community is like so much of what my life is now. And I feel really, really grateful to get to this Mm. place of, of incorporating so much of my inner child. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until recently that I was 29 and I packed up all my shit and I didn't tell anyone I was moving. I didn't tell my family until I think maybe like two weeks before I was moving because they're also, and I know it's a lot of their protective measurements of wanting to keep me every, every step of my life has been what my, upbring my family deems is like unsafe because it's not it's so I dropped out of college I started my own businesses I followed everything that lit me up which was not the general rules of what they thought would keep me safe or bring me success and and so move packing up and moving to the middle of nowhere with no one with me was so I know a lot of their projection is to keep me safe and and I just knew at that point it was time for me to listen to me and um, take the big leap and I did and so I've been in Oregon now for a year and a half in a cabin on a horse ranch mm. and it's been <laughs> insane in the best way. So two things there so the first being that the boundaries there I think are so awesome. And I think that like even just with that little nugget, so many people can take something from that because even if your family isn't super close-knit, it sounds like they still have opinions on wanting to keep you safe and whatever um, because like you said, the love is there. But you knew, okay, this is going to stand in my way if I like tell them too soon. So Mm -hmm. just the fact that you did that completely on your own and – the fact that you were able to put yourself first in that way in front of family, I think is really beautiful and really, really hard to do. I think that's a crutch for a lot of people um, is that immediate family projection. So yeah. kudos to you. I think that's so awesome. Thank and then you. Second, I think what's really cool, something that you said about like your adult life now is how much you love communicating with people when you grew up in a household that didn't have much communication. And I wonder how that plays into your relationship with Daniel. Do you sort of have that opposite effect of like, this is how I was growing up, but like, this is not what I prefer for my relationships, whether it's romantic or friendships, what have you? Yeah. So every relationship prior to Daniel was really toxic. There wasn't a lot of communication. I was replicating in a lot of ways, my parents' dynamic of Mm -hmm. being really unhappy and not communicating that. And so with him from the very beginning, because I had done so much inner work too, since moving out here and just in general, I, I told myself, I went into it. I will always communicate with him. I will always be upfront. I will do this differently than I've ever stepped into any partnership. And I am so, so grateful because he's an amazing communicator. He's also a Romanian immigrant. So they're very blunt. It's Mm. very, it's like, how are you today? I'm not good. It's been a real shitty day. Like there's no, like, I think he doesn't understand why people go like, I'm good. It's good. It's like, no, you tell the truth. You say what's on your mind. You say what's on your heart. And it's that simple, but he's so loving about it. And he's Mm. such an incredible listener. And that's something I feel every day I feel so grateful for. And from the very beginning, even when it seemed like, I think a lot of people have been like, it's, and I think a lot of women too have this feeling of like, they don't, 
communicate what they're feeling or what they want mm. when they go into relate. It's too soon to talk about that. And I was always like, no, if he's not for me, then we need to establish that now as opposed to like a year later when I'm like all of a sudden expressing myself because it's quote unquote the right time. But it's also like, then that's two different people. Like I'm going to show up as myself from the very beginning so we can know together and you, and I asked him to do the same mm-hmm. so that we can know, are we compatible? Do we want to keep moving forward right now as, as opposed to waiting a year later and we're like okay great now I can finally be myself and then the other person's shocked yeah who are you yeah yeah (laughs) like what oh that's amazing it's it's been so so beautiful and I'm oh so grateful and I always call it conscious communication too because a lot I, I was such a chronic people pleaser that I hate I would confrontation makes me sick. Like I hate confronting someone about something that is on my mind or bothers me Mm -hmm. or, and that thing with the family too, of like, I knew when I told them I was going to move that no one would get it. No one would support it. So I had to really be in a place where I was ready to say, this is what I'm doing and you're going to reject it. And that's okay. I don't give two shits Mm -hmm. when historically for most of my twenties, I was just trying to make everyone else happy. And I was so depressed in the, in the long term. So it's, I, I reframed it when I reframed it to consciously communicating over confrontation that always kind of eases me into it. Mm-hmm. And just speaking from my heart, not getting upset, not getting over emotional. I do allow myself a little bit of a time to process my emotions so I can then express because a lot, I'm such a feeler too, that I kind of have to go through the high and the low and then kind of go in the middle and be like, okay, what did, what's really coming up? Where is this really rooting from? And then I can logically, or or just, I can talk through it instead of being like, I'm feeling all these things and I don't know why I'm feeling them. And I need you to figure it out. Like, no, I need to figure it out. And then we can talk about it. Yeah. I think I'm going to borrow that. No, I am going to borrow that. The conscious (laughs) communication over confrontation. You're right. It really shifts the, the negative connotation from the word confrontation. Cause I'm with you. I am I'm trying to be better about just being, like, using no as a full sentence, but there's, like, Mm -hmm. a way to do it that, like, embodies compassion and empathy, you know, not being, like, no. But, like, (laughs) just, like, you know, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me right now. And, like, I don't really have to give you an explanation why. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to need to to integrate that for sure. (laughs) So let's jump right into the magic sauce because you have made some major, major shifts within your life and your career. So I've told, I'm just going to gush on you for two seconds, (laughs) but I've told you time and time again that you are such an expander for me and for so many people within your online community. It is one of the most fun things to watch. Like even just reading comments from people, you just light people up. You're, you guys can't see her. But she's always on, like, reels and on Instagram. But you are just, like, always smiling. And it's even okay if you're not, you know? Like, you don't have to be in a good mood all the time. But, like, you definitely just radiate such a positive light. And I just really feel like I feel very lucky to have you spending so much time on the podcast because I think, especially right now, people need to hear from people like you who are taking control of their lives even amidst, like, such a rough time in the world, having fun with it, remembering to play, like all of these things just really embody, you know, how you're showing up online. So first things first, this change within your business wasn't overnight, though it can look that way (laughs) to people on the outside. So from the conversations that you and I have had over the last couple of months, it sounds like it's been trickles of like these intuitive hits 
and that something had to change, that things were taking on a different course. So can you talk to us first about what it was that you were doing and where you felt like it wasn't the right thing anymore? Mm, Yeah. So I've been in the wellness industry for over 10 years now. And it's just been such an evolution. It originally started as organic farming. And then it eventually led me to, if we want to talk about most recently, the last thing I was doing before I'm doing what I'm doing now was I was doing a lot of like personalized guided meditations. I was doing personal courses for everything from finding your purpose, using your human design to coffee tonics to all of these things within like the mental health, wellness, spirituality sphere. And it just started to feel, I started to feel a disconnect. And the the biggest moment was when I was getting these orders for the personalized meditations. And at first I was so excited and so lit up and I loved them and people were resonating so deeply with them. And I still have such fondness in my heart for them, but it got to a point where financially it was supporting me. Orders were coming in and I wasn't feeling excited when it would come in. I would get excited that like, oh great, like I'm able to financially support myself, but I wasn't feeling lit up in the way of like, yeah, but I actually want to do this. And that was really the draw on the road for me where it was was becoming more about money than it was why I intended it. And that's always my sign that it's time for me to move on. If I'm not, if my heart isn't in it anymore and it doesn't give me that same lit up feeling. And there was this, there is this tool that I learned because I'm a generator in human design that like when you kind of reach that point, it's a good time to check in with yourself and ask like, does this truly light me up anymore? Mm -hmm. And is this just like a, a, like some kind of little issue that I need to grow past or am I supposed to go down a different path? And when I checked in, I was like, I'm not supposed to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it felt, it has been so fucking scary to go from teaching because I think I know most of the reason I have a community and following was that they found me through some sphere of wellness and spirituality. And it was so scary to go from that to, okay, now I'm really, really passionate about helping other small businesses grow their business because especially those that are in the wellness sphere, because that was the disconnect I was seeing is that we, especially as healers and teachers and leaders and experts have all these beautiful intuitive gifts, but there's no strategy behind them. And that was the thing I was seeing fall short. It's like these, I so believe that there should be all of these intuitive, amazing businesses out there. Like I, that's all I can dream of is like conscious, intuitive business of people who want to help other people and gone are the days of just a business that just wants to make money and, and benefit from capitalism or privilege. And, and so I was, the disconnect I was seeing is that these healers don't have the strategies and the system set up in terms of marketing, in terms of their SEO, in terms of these things that I was really good at, but weren't wellness anymore. And so I'm like, I want to help those practitioners find financial freedom because they deserve to make money doing what they love and they deserve to help more people, but they're just kind of like winging it. And that's how I was for so long. We're just fucking winging it and thinking, well, I have all these gifts. And this was the thing for me too. It was like, 
I have all these gifts. They bring me such joy. I'm just going to put it out there and people are just going to buy it. And a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. The current day and age that we're in mm. the, the algorithm, the way that all of these systems are set up, it doesn't work like that anymore. And so it wasn't until I put in systems and had actual strategy using consumer psychology with these beautiful gifts that I found financial freedom. And so I really wanted to bring that to other practitioners, but it was so terrifying to go from sharing like meditations and coffee tonics to being like social media strategy. This is what you need to do more of. This is what you can't do. And really stepping into that role as a leader and being really assertive about it. I lost a lot of my community. And that was also a big wound as far as like rejection, because I was being rejected for showing up in that way, because people had put me into a box of like, Caitlin is like all about meditations and being in nature and all of these beautiful practices. And I am, but I also have all of these different layers to myself that I also wasn't showing. And so when I stepped into my role in teaching social media marketing, I lost a lot of that community that followed me but it opened up all of this space for people who do need me and do resonate with my message and have benefited from my teachings. And so that in-between space though is so scary and so, so hard. And again, it brought up that old people pleasing, that old fear of rejection, that fear of abandonment, that fear of like, I'm being myself and people don't like it. And that felt really, really triggering in the moment. And I just had to like, nurture myself through that phase absolutely because it's we all know this but it's impossible for everybody to like you anyway so exactly. it's like that energy is well deserved to go to other places have you always had a strong trust muscle when it comes to pivoting or just listening to your gut your intuition because that is the magic sauce is the self-trust <laughs> and that's where I think a lot of humans myself included get stuck on making changes or taking those risks yeah yeah I I, for whatever reason, and I think I never, I can't ever pinpoint it because like as a child and in my teens, I was so, I let everyone else dictate what my life was supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and do all these things. And they made me so unhappy. And I don't know what point in my life it just switched where I was like, fuck it. I just, I'm supposed to do things that light me up way well before I knew about human design or Mm -hmm. any form of like spirituality. I just started taking risks and I would fail a lot of the time. And that was really, really hard. And then the few bits that would succeed or that would like take me to the next thing. um, That's, it's so hard to give advice. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't have that fear anymore. I just know this is what I'm supposed to do. And even if I, even if I fail, I know that there's a lesson in that every single, and, and I don't know if there's a better word for failure. Cause I don't look at failure as this negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And even before I got into this, like really took the pivot from wellness to social media marketing and Instagram marketing there, there was the fear, but it never, it never controls my life anymore. Like Mm -hmm. that is one commitment that I make to myself is like fear will not control my life anymore. And I think because I was in such a committed relationship with fear for Mm -hmm. so long. And the moment I broke up with that, I never will go back to that fear will never run my life. Like I am in control of my life. Mm -hmm. And that means having the courage to fail and fail again and fail again and fail publicly and have heartbreak. And like, you have to have the courage to be rejected. You and just set up the tools to support yourself that when it does happen, that it's not the end of the world. You take all the lessons that you can from it. And it's 
I really firmly believe that it's all a part of my journey. So even if this would have failed, I would have been, I would have gained 10 more lessons. I was like, okay, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Absolutely. And I mean, you offer one-on-one mentor sessions and I've done that with you before because I'll even just say it out loud that like I've put a course out there before where like a handful of people bought it and I'm like, well, that's a problem. You know, like (laughs) I'm going to consider that not a win. So I'm going to dig and try and find the resources, aka my session with you to help me build out that course a little bit better um, and in a different way. And so I really think, yeah, it's all about just like pivoting, you know, not so much about being afraid to try again or, um, you know, fear of rejection. Because to be honest, (laughs) I thought about relaunching that course that you and I were talking about. And I was like, hardly anyone's probably going to even like realize that at one point I did launch it. You know what I mean? So to do it again, I'm like, I'm not whatever. I'm like eliminating fear from that whole process. A, people probably won't notice and B, who gives a fuck really? You know? Exactly. So, yeah, I love that piece on fear. I think that's so good. Um, so for people who you know your purpose, you know, you know your niche, you found that. It's very clear. It could change three months from now, too. That's great. I feel like I have a handle on mine as well. So what about for those people who are like, wait, hold on. H- how do I even know where to start to find my purpose? You know, speaking mm-hmm. for the listener. Maybe that feels overwhelming. Where would you say that they start and how can they get there? Mm, the thing that the thing that always guided me, and I think I forget, I think it was Elizabeth Gilbert that had wrote mm. this. And it was something to the extent of like of focusing on your curiosities. And this is like right around the time that like Caitlin Curiosity was born. Mm. It was focusing on your curiosities instead of your passions. And I think it was her. I think she had given like a talk and someone had come up to her afterwards and was really upset because like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And so once I heard, because that was me, I didn't, I I don't know what, and when everyone's like, follow your passions, I'm like, I don't know what I'm passionate about, or I don't know how to make money from them. And so it was always, once I reframed it to like, what are the things that make me curious? What are the things that I research at night? What are the things that I just obsess about and get so excited about that? If you asked me that question, I could go on and on and on and on and on for hours and hours and just dip your toes into it in whatever way that looked like. So for me, when it was wellness and I knew I was obsessed with it, that meant I worked for a chiropractic office. I worked for a naturopathic office. I I, um, worked in acupuncture. Like I did all of the things. I took holistic uh, nutrition courses. Like I just dipped my toes and I knew I, I didn't know what it was supposed to look like. And I could have never imagined that it would get me to this place. And that's that's the whole thing is like, I'm just not, if you ask me right now, like, what do I see myself doing in five years? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I have no idea because there's no way five years ago, if you were to ask me, I couldn't have said this. I couldn't have said living in a cabin in Oregon, working for myself and like helping others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would have been like, what the fuck? Who knows? So I love that. Like you don't know. Um, but just following the things that light you up and keep you up at night and in whatever way you can. And that also meant I, I worked for free it would take internship positions like I it it really means like listening to the things that make you curious and light you up and taking action on those things I think the action part is where a lot of people hold themselves back and they just go into they spin out into like I don't know what I'm supposed to like I don't know what my purpose is I don't know what I'm supposed to do and they just let again that committed relationship with fear where it's just like you're just spinning the wheels but you're not going anywhere you have to take 
those baby steps and those all of the pieces to the puzzle start making sense. But by standing in the position that you're in, you'll never, ever, ever, like nothing will come through by just standing there and thinking about it all day long. Oh my gosh, that is seriously some of the best advice. And I've never heard that from Elizabeth Gilbert, huge fan, but like to drop the passions and look for curiosities. That is brilliant. And because it also forces some movement. You know, yes. like you're, you're just standing there, like you said, like, I don't know what I'm passionate about, but you're always curious about something. Yes. Wow. I oh, love wow, that 100%. so much. <laughs> okay. So speaking of being lit up, your, uh, okay, we're going to talk about Instagram, but your three day, your engagement course, you were yeah. like freaking <laughs> edible in that course. You were like about to blow through the roof. You would just like go <laughs> off on these tangents and be like, I'm sorry. I'm so excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was so awesome, but, and also very, very, very helpful. Um, I don't know. Do you still have, are you still offering that? It's closed, okay. but it will, there will be a, a paid offering that encompasses cool. everything that was in that challenge. If you wow. didn't join the free challenge, there will be a workshop that encompasses all of that coming soon. Yeah. Okay. You guys, I'm going to dig into Instagram with Caitlin, but um, if any of this resonates with you, which I think it will. You'll definitely want to take this. I did the email challenge, and even, like, these little tweaks helped so much. So, okay, let's talk social media, more specifically Instagram. This is your sweet sauce, the bread and butter right now of your business if you have such (laughs) a way with helping people. Um, So the first thing I want to touch on is that you have less than 10,000 followers, So, and you – really look at this as like such a positive thing. I love your response to this. Talk to us about why that's beautiful and why it's not about the numbers of followers. Mm, okay. 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 There's so many good things. So she's shaking over there. <laughs> I, what kind of started all of this is I got really fascinated with influencer marketing because, because of the pandemic that we're in, most companies are having to shift their marketing budgets because events aren't going on the way that they used. I mean, clearly like all of that to 2020 got fucking canceled. And mm-hmm. so all of these companies are having to pivot. Where are we going to put this marketing money if they had the um, resources to put marketing money out? And it was influencer marketing. And one of the biggest groups that they're targeting is micro and nano influencers, which I believe micro now encompasses like under 100,000 followers, which is insane to me. But nano is like under 10,000 followers. <laughs> so and their sweet spot for follow, for investing in a smaller brand or influencer was because we have organically grown communities and there are ways, and this was part of the challenge was there is a way to go to, there's websites that you can type in your username or anyone's username and find out what your engagement is. And industry standard for really high engagement is 4% or above. And these huge, huge, huge brands with like millions of followers, because a lot of them, this is also the easiest way to see if a company has paid for their followers or brand mm-hmm. or person, if they have a really low engagement rate for how many followers they have. So this like really fascinated me to go into like research about micro influencers and nano influencers and how that affected me and like why ghost followers are horrible because essentially, and like I deleted over a thousand of my followers that were like bots or people that were just ghost followers because the algorithm only shows a small percentage. Look, 
I think it's around 10%. So 10% of your actual following, it will show your posts. So why you want to delete ghost followers and bots is if it's including those bots and ghost followers and what they're showing, if that's who's seeing your stuff, then your actual community isn't seeing your post Mm -hmm. and what you're selling or what you're offering or what you're, um, the value that you're giving. So by having these smaller communities that are organic and people are actually engaged, one, if you're an influencer, you can get paid a shit ton of money for it. Even if you have well under 10,000 followers. And I recently started doing brand partnerships because I wanted to experiment with what that felt like. And if I even could, and if I could even teach something about it, and you absolutely can. So if that's a field that you are looking into, there's so much potential there. But Oh, are you saying there'll be a course around that? (laughs) (laughs) There might be. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm the expert yet. I've just started getting like dipping my toes because I have to do something before I start teaching people how to do it. Totally. So I'm like, no, I'm going to try it and see what works and what doesn't but having these smaller knit communities is just it's so important because it again it's you and it's kind of how I reframed everything and like I was thinking about it recently what makes me different from a lot of people teaching social media marketing is how much I push on community because it's so so important that you don't look at this number as followers like they're my followers and what they'll buy from me and what what can I gain I want more followers and I want more money is the mistake that a lot of people are making and it's what's also creating this separation in the path of what makes people really successful on the platform and what doesn't because we're really we're really consumer psychology is showing us that we're really drawn to the realness of someone and if they care about us and if they're giving us value and if they're taking time to connect with us and so when you have a smaller following you can do all of that and then that community because they trust you and because you've built a relationship seamlessly convert them from your community into your clients. And so you're also able to financially provide for yourself, Mm. which is so incredible. Mm -hmm. So engagement can be tricky though. Um, It can be really disheartening. I think when someone shows up authentically and then it's just crickets. So how can listeners who relate to this pick themselves up essentially and dust themselves off when no one seems to care or be as excited as they are about this newfound purpose or just, like, trying to, you know, relate. And, I I mean, I can speak for myself. I've talked to you about this. That stings. And as businesses, more so as humans, we ultimately want to feel supported and recognized. So do you have any tips here for people who are like, okay, I'm doing all the things. My following is under 10,000, but my engagement is 2%, and I just can't get people to engage. Mm, Yeah, there's a few different things. One would be... How consistently are you showing up? How much, how, and it's not to say you have to be every day because it it really is about the quality that you're giving in each post versus how often, but it should Mm -hmm. be consistently. And if it's not on your post, your stories are really, really, really big sweet spot. I mean, that's in my newest course, that's we're teaching. I taught a sales strategy solely based on stories because again, that's where someone gets to see the person behind the brand. But then that does feed into your post because if someone is going to your stories and they're getting to see who you are, parts of your personal life, you're giving them value, they're going to engage more in your post because again, it's really, it really is about building that relationship with each person. And one of the biggest things that I always say, don't say on stories is, hey, you guys, hey guys, like stop talking to people. Because when I'm watching your story, it's just me. I'm just standing there by myself watching it. So I want you to talk to me like it's just us. But when you talk to me, like I'm standing in a room with thousands of your other followers, which I'm not, it, it's like these little tweaks where that creates a disconnect. But when you speak to someone like it's just the two of you, they feel like it's just the two of you. And if you're not feeling seen on the app, it's 
my question would be is like, how much are you making your community feel seen? How much value are you giving them? How, I mean, really the biggest shift you can make when you show up and it is consistently because if you try something for a week, it's not going to land. Like it's just, it's got to be more than a week. It's got to be more than two weeks. It's got to be like a month plus. I would say two months of showing up consistently is that sweet spot on any social media platform, but especially Instagram. Um, One, the algorithm sees that, but two, it's really, again, building that trust with the other person and that relationship. But the biggest thing I can say to make the biggest shift is is to every time you make a post is to give something. You have to give some value because at the end of the day, the person on the other side of the screen either wants to learn something about themselves, their relationship, their personal life, their business, their health. They want, what can you teach me is what they want. Mm -hmm. It's not all about you. And even as an influencer and a lot of these like influencer brands are kind of dying off or seeing that growth decline because they're just solely focusing on themselves when they show up. And it's not just about you. It's really, what are you giving to the person on the other side of the screen instead of what are you gaining? And it does take, it does take consistency. Mm -hmm. I would say around two months of constantly giving, giving, giving every time you show up before you really start to see that engagement go up. If I'm being honest and not sugarcoating it. There's been, there's like one example I can think of that I think is weird. And I don't know, it just came to mind when you were talking about showing up because I wonder, okay, so for me, Sometimes I'll just like go in waves where I'm like, A, I'm too busy or B, I just don't have anything to say right now is not the time for me to show up, right? So yeah. I'll go like maybe a week or something and I'll notice like a, a consistent drop in followers, which is fine. That honestly, I've started to really just disconnect myself from that. Um, but then you have like influencers. There's one person in mind. And I can't figure out if it's like okay to say her handle or not because it's nothing bad, but I'm just not going to. But she has, <laughs> okay, she has, I know this because it's one of my favorite numbers, 111,000 followers. She has not posted in a year, and her numbers do not change. And I'm like, people are literally just sitting there waiting for. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Isn't that Does she bizarre? post on stories? No, Is she on- like she's that's, like not yeah. on there anymore. So uh-huh. I, I've always kind of wondered, like, why is it? maybe it's because she has like a higher I don't know I just think that that's so weird and I think I think you know why I love listening to you speak about this is because you yourself are also learning right like Mm -hmm. you hear something about Instagram or social media and you're like "Ooh, I'm gonna learn about that and then you share it with all of us Instagram is always forever changing you know it's really hard to keep up with so like someone like you who like really gets lit up about it and you know kind of does the work for us those of us who are like I'm exhausted by this Mm -hmm. um I just I think it's really fascinating and I think that that's where like people like me um can just get sort of strung out on it of like I don't get it how can like a over here be like this and b over here be like this um And now I'm rambling, but I'm also answering my own question of like, okay, it's not about her. It's about what I'm giving, (laughs) right? Like, who the fuck cares? But I just thought that was interesting, so. No, it's super interesting. And I was just, I think the biggest thing that I loved from that challenge was, and it's something that I'm teaching in the workshop now, is 
One, having really strong boundaries with the platform, but two, only engaging in ways that bring you joy. So mm-hmm. although I know all of these hacks and I, I spend my time researching and obsessing, it's up to you. It's up for me to present that information of like, look, reels are what you really want to be doing right now. If you want to grow a following to anyone listening, if you want to grow an organic following right now, you have to be using reels because the algorithm is pushing it out in a way that we have never seen before. And that's really, really beautiful. And it's not just that obsession with like gaining followers. It is getting into the, if you're creating authentic content, you're getting into the eyes of your ideal client and your ideal community. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, it's up to me to present these things, this information. And then I really made it a point on my, my, cause I have a private coaching group that came from that challenge to let them know, like, look, you have to pick two ways in which Instagram brings you the most joy. Mm. So for me, it's stories and it's reels. So those are the two things that when I spend my time and energy on, on the app, it's, it's creating stories and reels and it's answering DMS. Cause that's like a huge area to form that connection. And I don't worry about posting videos. I don't worry about posting carousel, but I don't worry about all the other shit that doesn't matter how many other people are doing it. If I try and do all of it, I'm going to burn myself out. It's not going to bring me joy. And like, like to what you were saying, how you said, when I show up, I seem like so lit up. It's because I only use it in the ways that bring me joy. And I want to teach that to others because I feel like we put this pressure on ourselves that we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to show up in every single way. I need to be posting more. I need to take fashion pics. I need to take interior pictures. I need to take more stories. I need to take behind the scenes. And it's like, (laughs) then you just either freeze because it's so fucking much to do that you can't do any of it literally me yeah or you show up and you're like so half-hearted about it that people don't engage with it because you're trying to do all the things but it's like just pick the two ways that you enjoy making content the most Mm. and those are the only ways that you have to show up like those are the only two like give yourself permission that those are the only two Mm. and once I made that shift that's like a huge thing in my engagement was because I want people to feel the joy on the other side of the screen but that means me being really strict about the only kinds of content I create. So yeah, you have become the course queen as well. You've launched so (laughs) many amazing courses within the last several months. So where do these ideas come from for you? Are they ideas that you've had for a while and spent a lot of time getting them just right? Or are they more intuitive hits and you just put them right into action? They're intuitive hits. I'm really in the, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, it's, it's so weird because it just like, it will come through and I have to like simmer on it and sit on it and sleep on it and like process my way with it. And then, but most of the time, 99% of the time I I have a gut response of like, this is it, this is it, this is the next thing. And like, and if I sit here, if you were to say like, let's brainstorm, what would your next things be? My mind would go blank. I'd be like, oh, like I'm not a good plan. I'm not a good planner. I'm not a good like forecaster. I just, as it comes through and it's so weird. Cause like the, the equation to engagement, which then led into intentional income was it, that was the, I had to have a really uh, well thought out strategy. So Mm -hmm. I will say that I knew. And as the time was getting closer, because I gave myself a date of when that was all supposed to land launch, but I didn't have, I (laughs) full disclosure. I did not have the idea before I was teasing it. I was teasing 
equation to engagement before it was fully formed and processed. And so, because I also work really well under pressure. So I was like, this is the date that it's going to launch. And as I was getting closer and closer, I still didn't have it fully formed and completed, but it's also a really beautiful opportunity. If you have any sort of brand or business to engage your community and ask them what they want to see more of. So I just started leaning into what are people asking me about? What do people want to see more of the three day challenge? Because it was free was a really great way for me to test my market to see if if they would pay for coaching in Instagram marketing with me. My goal was to have 50 people sign up for that course. I had 150 people sign up. So that was the biggest sign that I was like, oh, okay, I'm totally on the right path. I'm supposed to be doing this. It really, really pushed me to step into that role and take that jump as a leader because before that, I had only been giving like little tidbits here and there on Instagram. And again, you don't, It's so crazy because you don't need a huge following to fully financially support yourself. But what you do have to have is a really tight knit community. Like you have to give a shit about your community and build that trust and build that value. And so that you can provide financially for yourself. So it's not about numbers. It's about, it's really about forming those relationships. Absolutely. So speaking of financials, so let's talk about intentional income. What, first of all, I love the name. Thank you. But can you can you give the listeners a little insight as to what that is and who that is for and how that all just breaks down and how that works? Yeah. So equation to engagement was like the prereq for intentional income. So equation to engagement was really about learning how the algorithm works, using it to your benefit, building. It was all about teaching you how to build community. And then intentional income is now, now that you have these practices to build community organically and a really tight knit community, we're going to talk about the strategies you need to convert those community members into your clients. Because again, I, I fully believe that it's just like the biggest disconnect that I saw was like all of these incredible healers and leaders, but they didn't have any strategy. And so it was like, okay, you have the gifts, but I'm going to come in and tell you what strategies you need to implement to allow yourself financial freedom and financial sustainability is what I would say. Instead of having like one launch and it having a few sales and then it totally feels flat and you're like, well, what do I do afterwards? Do I keep showing up? Do I not? So we went through everything. We went through content creation. We did a full reels training. And that was the most exciting week because I don't think people believed me when I, and I still don't think a lot of people believe me when I say that reels is like your secret sauce right now to growing an organic following. And so to see people using that and they're like, Oh my God, it's actually working. Mm -hmm. And it's like the coolest thing to me. Um, we did, we're on week four now, which is so crazy. We're on our last week. So we did a story sale strategy. So how to have a two week sales, because there is a strategy behind every launch. You cannot just wing it. And mm-hmm. I say that with so much love. And as someone who used to be like, I, but this thing brings me so much joy. So I'm just going to pop on share it. And like, people are going to buy it because it doesn't. And if it falls flat, it's like, you're trying to scramble what to do next. So mm-hmm. we went through all of that, the two week sales strategy. And then our final week was building out a sales page. So a lot of it is consumer psychology. Most of it is consumer psychology because I get such a high from learning how our brains work, why we love social media, what parts about it do we get a hit from or a high from. Um, and, and building, using these things of like, 
building this organic community and these relationships and then using strategies that work Mm -hmm. so that your, your community trusts you and purchases from you is like the biggest thing to me. So it's been so fun and so cool. That's awesome. So you also in building this intentional income course, is there any part of you that's like, Hey, I can relate. I've been here. Like things that you've tried that have just totally flopped or like people haven't purchased or have you sort of been in like the lucky niche of like <laughs> oh, No. <laughs> oh, I wish. Uh, uh no. It, <laughs> and I think that's why I was so passionate about creating this was and I create a lot of my my programs Again, like I was saying earlier, like why I'm not teaching influencer marketing yet, because I haven't fully been through the ringer with it. I want to get through the ringer before I teach anything. Like I have to go through it, the highs, the lows, all of it, so that I can come out of it and be like, oh, okay, I'm out of that. Now I'm going to teach you what I learned, what to do, what stay away from this thing. Um, And so, yes, I have been there. I, fuck, dude, I was, I've been there so many times of just, putting so much love and energy into something and it just flopping and breaking down and not understanding why did it fail? Why am I failing? Why is money so hard for me to make? Why don't, why aren't I doing what I'm supposed to, if I was, if I was supposed to be doing this, like, wouldn't I be financially supported from it? All of those thoughts, those breakdowns, those, I can't work for myself anymore. This is really hard. This is really, God, I've been, I have been there that I can't even tell you how many times I've been there. And then I had successes and Mm -hmm. I took what I knew worked and what I knew definitely didn't work. And I blended it together to tell them like, stay away from these things. Mm -hmm. No more weaning it. You're going to have a strategy. You deserve to be paid for what you do. And almost everyone, what's so beautiful in there too, is like almost everyone that's in that group has the same mission of, I just want to help as many people as possible. And it's, and I love that, but you have to get really clear on your ideal client. You have to stop trying to speak to everyone because you speak to no one. You have to create a clear line of who your ideal client is and who is not, which means you have to be okay with being rejected by the people who you're not for, but it just means that you're not meant to work with them. And that's okay. Like you really have to focus on that group that you're meant for and that you're supposed to help. And it's, oh God, it's been so, it's been so amazing. And I'm so, I'm really sad that it's coming to an end and I'm already like, okay, what's the next thing? Because I can't, I love the community of just, of, of, of business owners who want to make money doing what they love Mm -hmm. and they deserve to make money doing what they love, but they need some strategies to get there. And I think what you were saying earlier is, is, you don't, especially as a solo business owner, you do not have to be the expert on every part of your business. You will not be the expert on every part of your business. So whether that means you hire an accountant or a bookkeeper or someone to help with email marketing, or if you are the healer or the artist or whatever your role is, you're not supposed to know how every other part works. And Mm -hmm. so it's really, really important to me that 
that when you make this investment, you're making an investment in yourself and your company when you do hire someone who is an expert on what you're not an expert in. And it's okay not to be the expert. And I think I was in that mindset for so long. I was so stubborn about researching strategies and email marketing and all these things. Because it was like, no, I have these intuitive gifts. So I'm going to put this out into the world and people will buy it. And they wouldn't. And then I would get so mad at myself. And so it wasn't until I started researching and trying and seeing what failed and seeing what worked and had this actual plan laid out. And I was like, oh, I don't have to be the expert in every part of my business. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be. Absolutely. And also just to segue too, and to give this a little bit of praise because I too, um, enrolled with gate 58, another one of your courses that is so attainable. Honestly, anyone who's listening, I mean, some people who know me well might be like, wait, why did you do that? Cause it's built, it's basically build your business in five days. Um, and, I already have a business, right? I already have two businesses, so why am I doing it? But it was such a good refresher for me, but also you had so many tips in there that I was making my life so much more difficult because I didn't know these things. Um, But I also want to announce the Gate 58 because, A, it's always open, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. And um, so for anyone who's listening, Caitlin and I both know that, like, the crutch is real, you know, the pause and, like, the stagnation of, like, what do I even do next? Mm -hmm. Or this is... Caitlin didn't ask me to say this. I'm just saying, like, this is the course for you. If you have an idea, Caitlin wants you to get out there and use your message. I want you to get out there and use your message. We need more people in the wellness community who are doing, you know, authentic work and just really want to help. And so um, I cannot recommend Gate 58 enough. It was such a little sweet five days. I mean, I devoured it in two. (laughs) Um, But it was really, really helpful. And I think... I think there needs to be more sharing of what we do know, right? I think that is, it comes down to community, like you said, just like not making it a competition um, rather than like sharing what you know, what didn't work for you. Had I not done that gate 58 thing, I probably would have lost like 10 hours a week. I'm not kidding. Oh my God. That makes me, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So it's not just for people who don't have a business yet. It can be for people who just want to maybe do things a little bit differently. So... Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted, and that was like, that was the beginning of before I did really got into and leaned into, that was like my, my first offering that wasn't wellness. And Mm -hmm. it was how to launch your business in five days. And gate 58 does come from human design. So like, I kind of paid like special homage to it. And I didn't, I think I am really intentional about all of the names of my courses, because I never want them to be super businessy or cold. Like I am still, I still have all of my wellness practices and those benefit me so well. And I know they're so helpful to others, but I know that I am here to teach like the consumer psychology, the building your business, the filing, the LLC and gate 58 was that, that beginner step of, of if I think a lot of times it can be really overwhelming of not even knowing where to start. And it's exactly. like, look, you can file the LLC in a day. You can literally build your site in a day. It doesn't have to be perfect. Stop telling yourself it has to be perfect. Here are some tools to, if you want to create a course, here's like some hacks that you can use on mm-hmm. your Squarespace site. Um, here's some amazing sites. Here's some amazing, like just setting all of those foundations up because it is really overwhelming when you have no idea where to start. So just like five, take five days, set it all up, and then you can go from there. Absolutely. Yeah, so good. So as we start to wrap up, I want to ask some 
random rapid fire questions, though they don't need to be rapid. Um, so please take your time. Just some may not have to do with the subject at hand. Um, just a really lovely way for people to fall even more in love with you and get to know Caitlin behind the business. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What would you say is the most common misconception about you? Where do people get it wrong? This is so hard for me. I, ah, God, it's so hard for me because I genuinely have no idea how other people view me. I I love that. No. I was going, I was even like, I'm like, should I ask? I was like, should I? Daniel was at work. So I was like, I should (sighs) ask Daniel what what he thinks that is. I have no idea. And the only, there's two things that I think that came to mind. Um, one is the positivity that I'm always like Mm -hmm. happy and positive. And this comes really easy for me. And that is false, very false, because I think for someone to really experience the high highs of joy, you really, uh, you really have to go to like the deepest, darkest, most emotional pits of hell to like really understand the spectrum. Like Mm. there's no way I don't think I could ever feel this amount of joy without having been to the lowest of lowest of darkest of low. And, and I think that's what makes me so grateful for, for choosing joy so often. And not to say that I always choose it because I still have moments where I'm, I just break down and I am sad or lost or whatever emotions I'm feeling. And I just honor them and I let them be. And I think that's also part of it is honoring when those lows do come is honoring the grief and honoring the feelings that are coming through and, and letting them pass through you. So you can come out on the other side. If I try to repress that, I don't think I could experience joy at this level either. Um, And the second thing is I think people always think I'm really extroverted. That's something I learned in my coaching groups is that a lot of people are like, well, I'm really introverted. So, you know, I'm really scared to show up on stories or scared to show up on social media. I was like, what the fuck? I'm really introverted. Like I'm, if you saw me out in public and you're like, Kaylin, oh my God, I'd be like, hi. And like, really, I'm really, (laughs) I hate small talk. I'm super introverted, but I think it's different. One, because I honor that, I own that I'm introverted and that's really draining for me to be around people. And so I think that's why social media and working digitally works really well for me because I can still have my own Mm -hmm. space. Uh, But two, I think it's what people think is, I'm not extroverted, I'm just very uh, accepting of who I am and accepting that it's not for everyone. And that takes, and there's not to say that I feel that way all the time, but Mm -hmm. most of the time I'm like, this is who I am. And this is who I'm, I'm, I again, committed to myself to always show up authentically. So if you don't like it, then you don't like it. And I'm not going to go chasing after you, but I can't, I can't shape shift so that more people will like me. Or even if I do that, people are going to dislike, like, you know what? It's just, it's such a commitment to myself of like, people are going to like you or not like you, no matter how you show up. So you might as well do it fucking authentically. So the people that are, that do like you are your people. Like those are, you are my people. (laughs) And you will save yourself so much energy on the back end. Oh God, yeah. (laughs) Okay, if you can take a deep belly breath here and ask your soul what you think is the takeaway from the year of 2020 and what you think is to follow, what would she say? Hmm. Man, oh man. I mean, the biggest thing that comes through for me truly is and really, really the the darkest parts that either my privilege didn't see or wasn't talked about openly coming to light with 
what has gone on this year and the injustices in our system and how we can do better. Um, I, I, I'm really, really proud of how we have come together to speak up. Those who, those of us who have privilege have come to speak up about what we're seeing, what's not right, taking action against it, voting. I think so many more people, I don't know the statistics, but I would probably bet so many more young people are voting this year as opposed to the previous years because of what we're seeing in this world. And I just, it, it, I am grateful that we are taking action on on change because it's about fucking time and mm-hmm. I it, it it really really breaks your heart to know how how privileged we were up until this point and how we could be so privileged and how we could be so unaware of what was happening and 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 so I just I hope and I know that in the going forward all of this shit was supposed to come to the surface or to a bigger light or to the mainstream for a fucking reason and that reason is for change and for human rights and for yeah our evolution and growth it's just it's it's really interesting to me when people say like like I, they still use the phrase of wanting things to go quote unquote back to normal because it's like, we can't go back. We, if we went back, we'd all be living blindly again. And, and I think we have such an appreciation too. What's so beautiful is that appreciation we have for, um, affection and like the things that I used to dread of like a birthday celebration or like a dinner, but those are the things that we're craving is, is our community, those in-person meetups and a hug and that connection again in person. I, I, it's just brought such a deeper appreciation for the things that we probably took for granted. And I just, yeah, there is no normal to go back to. We can only grow from here and do better collectively Mm, so well said so well said (laughs) are you an early bird or a night owl (laughs) I don't feel like I'm either I I would probably say more of an early bird then I feel like definitely more of an early bird it's so hard speaking about it now because once the the daylight has shifted like I I like to I will literally I could go to sleep as soon as it turned dark out and I could stay asleep until the sun it's so hard for me to get up before the sun gets up even if I've had I mean last night for example I could have gotten up and I would have had nine hours of sleep but I was still sleeping because it was dark out (laughs) I'm the exact same way but you, I love that like dawn feeling mm-hmm. and the morning and the birds and the I sun I would too if up. I had your view. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. So follow-up question then. What? Let's go ahead with morning. What does your morning okay. routine look like these days? Mm, morning routine has now been oh, it's letting the dogs out. I have to build a fire now. So building a fire because it's usually chilly. Uh, making coffee and lemon water. So I do my lemon water before I do my coffee. And then usually if Daniel is over, we'll just spend the morning um, kind of like going through the news together, just talking about talking about our weird dreams. I have a lot of really vivid dreams. So <laughs> I love to talk about our dreams. And that's it's really ch- oh besides that okay so after that then then like the ranch chores begin the pigs. so it's going to, it's like like what am I forgetting oh the rest of the ranch so I go and give the horses water I feed the pigs turn on their water I have we have two cats up here now so I take care of the cats and that's like 
honestly, it's so funny because it's honestly one of my like financial goals is to make enough. And I know you so freely speak about money. And I like, for me, my passion is like passive income. I Mm -hmm. love passive income because it gives me the freedom to literally like, I, I go take care of animals and garden and be on the ranch all day. Mm -hmm. So that to me is like the biggest joy that I get to take care of so many of the animals up here. And then it's usually sometimes a workout and then just getting into my work day. It's pretty simple. Love that. What coffee tonic are you using right now? Are you just kind of going back to normal? I'm just going back to, I have to yeah. take breaks from it. Yeah. Totally, I'm just like a creamer and coffee right now. It's yeah. so like simple and yeah, it's really that simple. I just do creamer and coffee and it's perfect. That's where I'm at right now too. <laughs> okay. So you just brought up money. So money is taboo and it's something I think makes people cringe when they hear anyone talk about it, which is obviously why I like to bring it up on the podcast. <laughs> I feel very passionate about breaking down the barriers around something that's Honestly, it's purely energy and so neutral. So with that being said, what is your relationship with money? I guess we could say, what's your relationship with money now? And have you had to heal it in any way? Or have you always had a healthy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We've had a tumultuous relationship. It's now very mm, peaceful, which feels, Mm. oh, God, that feels really good to say that because I don't think I could have ever said that before in my life of just really, really peaceful and calm and grounded and enjoyable and secure and not in a way that like I have all the money that I'll ever need. It just feels like I have exactly what I need right now. And that feels really, really good. And before it was never, oh my God, it was always oh god the scarcity mindset that I've had to like go through has been fucking insane and ridiculous and and so it's been my longest and hardest of all the inner work I've done definitely the hardest thing for me is my scarcity mindset of I'll never have enough I'll never make money doing what I love um I can never make money working for myself I'll never be able to provide for myself going to buy groceries and having that like panic and fear. It was like the littlest of things. I would have so much scarcity mindset around. And so how have you healed that? It's just been, God, it's so weird. Cause I don't even, I really don't know how it's just been, it's been being aware of what's coming up. It's been n- nurturing myself through those feelings, knowing what, how much of it is my thoughts and basically none of it is my thoughts. A lot of it was projected onto me or conditioned onto me and knowing that that's really the biggest one, but just knowing, having this feeling that, you know what, actually, okay. There's a few action steps that I feel like I took that did, did shift things. And it was really like, Beyond the mindset, it was like, okay, it was getting, because I was also the person who never looked at their bank account and never looked what was going out and never even looked what was coming in because I was so scared. So it was really taking action steps of like, it sounds so silly, but like setting up like a budget, setting up the business account, setting that up, looking at the numbers every day until it stopped feeling triggering because it felt so triggering to look at what was going in and going Mm -hmm. out every single day. And like, if there was a day that a lot of it would come in, it would immediately invoke this fear of like, yeah, but it's all going to go away. Or what if nothing ever comes in? And so, (laughs) 
<laughs> so it was like, no, I'm going to make you look at the numbers every single day. And eventually that fear starts to go away. Cause yeah. you're like, okay, like it's either coming in or if it's not coming, you just don't feel any, which way it's anymore. neutral. Like I just, yes, exactly. Until mm-hmm. you get to that neutral place. So do the thing that gives you that fear feeling and it shouldn't be spending money. Don't spend the money. But I'm saying like, if it's looking at the numbers every day, look at the numbers every day until you start feeling neutral about it, because I would just push it off. And then that would just make it so it was like, I mean, I guess it's still any with anything like with emotions, it's like pushing it all, repressing it all down. It's all just going to like come back out. You're feeding the beast. Exactly. So just keep looking at it until it loses that charge. Yeah. And you just don't, yeah, you feel neutral. Yeah. That's it's a journey, though. It is such a journey. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in relation to that question, if you had, let's say, $100,000, but you could not invest it, you can't use it towards charity, can't spend it on your family and friends, you have to buy something or some things, I feel like I might know the answer. What would you spend it on? <laughs> I would... I would spend it on land. I would invest it in. <laughs> I knew it. Did you know that? Well, I was thinking like land and yeah. animals, like to build yeah, out a big That's exactly ranch. <laughs> it. I would buy my own land. I essentially, like my goals, my financial goals revolve around what I already have, but it's, and it sounds so silly, but like it's mine because I mm-hmm. rent. So yeah. it's like this, this isn't my land, my cabin. I want, I want to make enough money so that I can buy my own land and start my own family there and build my own house and put really beautiful, curated, thoughtful, conscious things into it and spend my days with animals and that's it. Mm. Like, (laughs) I love that so much. Okay. This is kind of a weird question, but, and it might not be any different, but because of where you live. So for those who don't know, I know Caitlin mentioned she lives in, um, the North Northeast of Oregon, but you're in the middle of nowhere. Like you have 200 ish people in your town. Mm-hmm. So what does the usual grocery run look like for you? Is it pretty <laughs> standard? Because I know we've talked about how you're like, I can't find just mango white claws to save my life. Oh, or like little <laughs> Trader Joe's. If I post something, you're like, I miss that. I, uh, that is the one. And it's been more lately as of normal. And it was always the one thing that I miss from a city. Do you need me like to a send fun. you a care package? <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of people reach out when I was trying to find a pumpkin ale. I was trying to find a pumpkin beer and no one had a fucking pumpkin beer. And I was like, where am I? It's like my basic bitch needs like my pumpkin candle and my pumpkin coffee and my fucking pumpkin beer. And like, I can't get it. Like, I just want a Target. I want a Total Wine and I want a Trader Joe's. Like, so my normal, we have one big grocery store. It's a Safeway. So we have one big grocery store, which is actually really great because they're actually starting to carry a lot. They have like the healthy kombucha. They have like the healthy stuff that I, they actually do a really great job on having a lot of the brands that I really love. So I feel really grateful. Um, we, I'm trying to, yeah, it's actually, I actually feel really lucky. We just, but we have one grocery store that's like big. And then we have, I do miss, I mean, really, truly the only thing I miss from a city is like a whole foods. Cause that Mm. used to be, and I think we talked about this. That used to be like how I would treat myself is I would on a Friday night, I would get like a new beer or wine. And if I was like celebrating something, especially, and then I would get something from like the Whole Foods bar or like try a new, cause I like that still to me to this day is like one of my favorite things to do is to just go up and down the aisles and like try new products that I hadn't tried. And I just, I miss that. Like we don't have, we don't have restaurants. I mean, we have 
we have restaurants. I guess I shouldn't say that, but it's not like the city. It's so yeah. different. And everything shuts down here at like 7 p.m. So you can't go like. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. That's like my <laughs> yeah. dream. If I could go out to dinner at 530 every night, I'd be like so pleased. Oh, it's so good. I, I see. And that's, it's so funny. Cause like I, that was one of the biggest questions that I got is don't you feel lonely out there? And it yeah. was for the first time in my life, I felt like I could be the real true hermit yeah. that I You're was. You're like, I and feel seen. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like, no, I love it. I just, yeah. like, I, I only leave the cabin once a week and it's to go grocery shopping. And yeah. so it's amazing. It's, <laughs> I love it. Or you go across the, across the land to Daniel's yurt. Yeah, exactly. I walked down to the river. And now that it's cold out, I'm like, can you come up here? Yeah. It's so cold. How long is the walk between you two? Oh, it's like five minutes. But during winter with the snow, it's probably like 12 minutes. It takes me a little bit longer. snowshoes. I know. (laughs) Cross country ski. Oh my God, the snow skis. Yeah. Please do it. (laughs) I'm Uh, so uncoordinated. I, I... I don't mind the snow. I fucking hate the ice is what drives me crazy. I can't drive on it. I can't walk on it. It's just like, so I'm really hunkered down once there's ice out. I just I get, I slip fair. on my ass. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> what are a few of your uh, go-to staples these days as it relates to beauty? Because I know you do have a lot of fun with beauty products. I also love how you share so many, like, affordable options, which I think <sighs> is so great. But what are you loving right now? Thank you. I, uh, right now, okay. What am I loving right now? I love, I've been using a lot of, because I can only order things online. Mm-hmm. I've been using a lot of elf products because their price points are so low, mm-hmm. but the quality is surprisingly so high. Yep. So I use their hydro concealer, which I think is like $6. So I stopped using foundation and I just use concealer now. And it's, and you just like blend it out into the rest of your face. It's amazing. It's so easy. It's quick. It's, I love that. Um, I've also been really obsessed with whey products, which is hair products. Mm. So their dry shampoo is amazing. I have their detox shampoo, which I really, really love. And then I use the Moroccan oil. That is like a throwback to my early twenties when I would like splurge on a hair product. It smells like heaven I need you to know that what I smell like on a daily basis is Moroccan oil and everyday oil and I love myself (laughs) like (laughs) I just like so it's like yes yeah my boyfriend like is always just like nuzzled in in me and I'm just like this is fine I know I know (laughs) know. it smells so good I know I don't Uh, wear perfume anymore because everyday oil and Moroccan oil it's you smell like heaven it's the most delicious every time I put it on I just it's so luxurious and it's one of those things where I love taking just a simple ritual or like Mm. a simple routine and turning it into ritual and having something yummy and makes you feel luxurious and having those little splurges I think is really important absolutely especially like relating back to money that's something that I've been working on too is like whenever I buy anything I try and take a pause and I'm like will this actually make me happy Mm. and for people who might be like rolling their eyes or something there is an emotion tied to every single thing that you purchase whether it's neutrality whether it's like anxiety fear or like pure joy and every time I have to up my Moroccan oil every time I have to up my everyday oil I do not flinch I'm like yep come on like I will forfeit the new sweater speaking of that can I ask you you have a few skims products right do you what do you think thumbs up or that because that's one thing that I've been waiting to like do I need Mm. this I really want to but I want to know like 
Do you love it or is it just so-so? I would say hardcore thumbs up for okay. what I have. So I have a pe- I have like the brief and bra set. It oh, yeah. literally feels like you're wearing nothing, but it's I love that. so supportive. Um, and then I have one of the face masks, which eh, that's the only thing I would say maybe skip on is because they're really not breathable. Like they uh, look cool and they fit really nicely, but you like cannot breathe within okay. a few minutes, which really bothers me, especially yeah. because like for those of us in big populations, at least like we should be wearing it all the time. So totally, I would probably say no on the mask, but the shapewear is really, really beautiful. Okay, good to yeah. know. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Um, so what is a piece of yourself that you celebrate daily? Oh, that's a good one. Mm-mm-mm. Did I? I don't remember what I said last time because I was going to say, I hope it's not the same answer. But if it is, really, that's cool. Like you're still doing it. <laughs> I, it, it's probably my, the thing that's coming to mind. Oh, man. Actually, I feel like it's different. Mm, I would say, really stepping into my my a leadership role and not mm-hmm. being afraid of that and not keeping myself smaller to uh, yeah that was really hard for me to step into to tell people this is what I know and this is how you should use it I would mm-hmm. always kind of go around of like is this what I know and like maybe you could try it or it might work for you maybe and now I'm like no I know it works and I know it doesn't and I'm gonna like say that with love and that is something that I really really, yeah, I really feel like I celebrate on a daily basis now as stepping into that role as a leader or maybe just consciously communicating in a way that feels really good to me and honoring myself and and not shying away from that, I would probably say. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Really well said. Are you reading anything right now? No, I'm not reading anything. Cool. <laughs> You're like, I'm reading a lot of articles on social media. <laughs> It truly, truly, that's really what I'm reading. It's just like constant research of like how the algorithm's changing, what people like, what people like all, it just, it's one of those, that curiosity thing where I just get, I could eat it up. I just love it. That's how you know. (laughs) What is one thing that you struggle with most on a daily basis? Hmm. Man, oh man. That would be... What do I struggle with the most? Like, it doesn't even have to be, like, something, like, like mine is, like, I can never figure out what I want for lunch. Oh, Literally. that's a good one. Or, like, I, folding a folded sheet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, it, I don't know if it, it's probably daily. I have, I'm pretty hard on myself, so I have, like, a certain level of expectation of, like, how I, how how I should show up or how often or mm-hmm. what kind like, I guess I could apply it to everything. I'm pretty hard on myself in all areas. And I think I know a lot of that has to do with childhood. And so it's really a practice of, of like mothering myself and nurturing mm-hmm. myself instead of constantly being telling myself, okay, like, that's great that you did that. And that was, it was a really big moment, honestly, with the most recent launch that I felt where it was my most successful launch yet. And there was, there was one day where I was really, I couldn't even like celebrate it. I was just like, okay, you did great. You did that. Like next thing, like what's next, like 
great, Caitlin, move on. And I really had to stop myself and be like, no, you need to, like, you worked so long and so hard to get to this point. You have to stop. You have to take a break. And so I really did take like a two week, like a two week break from not working, but like really being as on myself as I was about working to celebrate and take that in and Because I can, I can be really fucking hard on the expectations that I have for myself. And so it's a daily practice of just like, no, slow it down and mothering myself and nurturing myself and giving myself that with no shame. Celebrate the wins. Yeah. Yeah. What is one of your favorite small businesses to support right now? Ooh, God, there's so many, any kind of, I love, so for ceramics, I love Amelia Reed Davis. She makes incredible mugs. I uh, trying to think, I mean, everyday oil. I'm like, are they still considered a small bit? I just, everything, I mean, they don't even, they, they make, they don't make new products except the hand sanitizer, which I love. They just keep it simple and have their two oils, which I would recommend if you've never used everyday oil, do not get the unscented blend, get the mainstay, which is like, agreed. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. And because that's like a daily essential for me. Mm -hmm. And, but it's also like, those are my two biggest ones. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's listening, like I would really, really explore like whatever's local to you too. Because I love getting to explore like local artists or local ceramicists or just what's at your local farmer's market or what is local to you, I think is also really important. Honestly, I'd like to say that I was more conscious about that about that especially with COVID but I haven't been great about it especially from being at home a lot like ordering online but the the other weekend Jonathan and I he lives in a different um uh town than I do and we spent our whole Sunday running errands and we like challenged ourselves to do it purely local and it was magical like it felt so nice like from everything from like our groceries to like getting a card and a gift for a friend and dog food like it was so much fun I love that. I feel yeah. like we should all do that like once a month. So just good. like yeah, totally. So what are some of your vices? Ooh. Throw me a couple. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have so many. <laughs> um, I love I love like craft beer. I love mm-hmm. it. Or a glass of wine, but really I'm like a beer gal. I love pop culture like bravo i've recently been re-watching the kardashians because and from like so many perspectives so i watched the i don't know if you watched the david letterman interview with kim kardashian it was actually great i highly recommend it's so i think i love her specifically her evolution of how she built a brand and how she built a business and how it's all evolved and how she used social media to talk directly to her consumers instead of relying on anyone. I think it's really fascinating. And for me, it's really inspiring. And and it's really interesting too, because for so long, no one took her seriously Mm -hmm. and to see like her evolution and what she's brought into her life and her beautiful family and her Mm -hmm. aesthetic, I think is so, I think is so fascinating. So I have no shame around that. Before I used to be like, so weird about the fact that I loved like Bravo or the Kardashians or pop culture. Cause I think it's, it's so fun and interesting mm-hmm. to me. So like a lot of the podcasts I listen to are actually like either Bravo around the housewives, like housewives recaps mm-hmm. or <laughs> balance baby. Um, <laughs> and they bring me joy. And so I'm like, why do I, why should I feel shame? Because yeah. it brings me joy. It doesn't totally. matter why it brings me joy. It just brings me joy. And yeah. so those are probably my biggest ones. It's like craft beer and pop culture. Love it. <laughs> so speaking of shows, what's the last show that you binged and loved? Ooh, we 
what did we just watch? We just watched Fargo, and that was really mm. good. And now it's on season three. That's on Hulu. That's really amazing. I feel like there was another one that we just did, but I think that's because that's like our nightly routine is mm-hmm. watching like a show together. So Fargo is what we're on. That's probably the one thing that we binged and loved. I can't think of anything else, but okay. I probably, I love TV. I'm like, just, I love TV. So I think it, it's like my, instead of reading a like TV and podcast, I'm a very like visual and audio. So I love that. I love that. So yeah. that's always our wind down routine at night. I have a really good um, TV recommendation if yes. you want one. I'm sure you've heard of it by now, but Ted Lasso. No, I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It is okay. so incredible. It's like it's like a, we'll call it a dramedy. Okay, um, It's I with love Jason that. Sudeikis. Yeah. Okay. He and the what other. What is it on? Uh, so it's on Apple TV. I will okay. literally give you my login if you need it. <laughs> I want you to watch it so bad. It's so good. It, like, it's it's cool because um, I think Brene Brown just recently had Jason Sudeikis on her podcast too, but um, it's like changing a lot of people's lives, and he was oh not expecting that. But it's like such a well done show. Oh, I love that. Yeah, okay, yes. so you have to let me know what you guys think yes. if and when you watch it. Okay, we're almost done. What's on your nightstand right now? Not in um, on. <laughs> I don't really have a nightstand because of I'm I we sleep in the loft, so there's oh, sure. like uh, this built-in shelf behind us. So I guess I'll qualify that. It is, and it's just like a Himalayan salt lamp and some crystals that I sleep with because it's right next to my head, mm-hmm. and that's it. Love that's it. really it. We have not. I have nothing. Simple. <laughs> If you were to give a TED Talk or speak at a conference about something that you're not known for, but that you're passionate about, what would your talk be on? Oh, my God. That's so hard because I feel like everything that I love, I'm just like, that, that, Everyone knows. Goodness. That's so hard. I feel like I could give a TED Talk on pop culture because I do listen to it a lot. But <laughs> and how it's, like, more respectable than people give it credit for. <laughs> <laughs> like how it's actually beneficial. Um, <laughs> what would it be? It could be farming I, I was used to be a farmer. literally mm-hmm. going to say that. I'm like, you don't actually talk yeah. that much about farming. People just know no. that you were an organic farmer. Yeah. yeah. I don't talk about it ever, really. Because it's one of those things that it's so – it was so long ago that it's – I felt like it's changed Mm -hmm. or like it probably hasn't, but I'm just like, it's changed so much since I was a farmer. So like, why would I talk about that? But I could give a talk about that. Yeah. Or yeah. Or animal behavior. That's something I'm really also obsessed with is animal behavior. And I think that's so like the horses, the pigs, the dogs, the cat, like I love learning about how animals communicate to us and how we, how we can like listen better to them or communicate better to them because they don't speak English or they don't yeah. speak, they don't speak human. So yeah, they don't right? speak English. <laughs> yeah. Dogs no, in France are like, no, we do. don't. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. So you don't have to answer this right now. Well, you can, if you know the name off the top of your head, but what I'm going to start doing um, is collecting playlists from guests on the podcast to create like a calm collective podcast playlist. Um, so do you have one like off the top of your head that you've been listening to lately? I, yeah, 
it's, <laughs> is it I feel K-pop? Like it's not cool. It's not cool at all. But it's, I feel I'm like it's part of my job though. I literally listen to like because I use Apple Music, but I yeah. would do this on Spotify too. Just the top hits, yeah, all the time because they're the most viral songs right now on TikTok or oh, on Instagram. Yeah. And so there's also like a method behind when you create a TikTok or Reels. It's really important to use viral songs because of the sure. algorithm and all this stuff. So I constantly listen to like the top hits because I'm like I I it allows me to like visualize what kind of video I would create oh with it. You're <laughs> so funny. I love it. Hey, <laughs> all in a day's work. That's it. But I will say, okay, a better one is my morning, my morning playlist on Apple music is called bossa Nova essentials. It's not mm. mine. It's like on there. Okay. Bossa Nova essentials because I love, I love just like bossa Nova in the morning is so mm, it's, that's usually the playlist I always put on for us in the morning. It's just yummy and simple and calming and like gets the day going. Love it. Okay. Lastly, what are you grateful for right this minute? I am grateful for, I am so grateful for the community and the friendships that have come from social media that I have created and cultivated. Mm -hmm. I'm so, so, so grateful. And I think, especially as someone who always felt like an outsider, always felt like a lone wolf or always felt like a weirdo, or it's really such a beautiful place to find people who, who are like you and you don't Mm -hmm. feel so alone. And I feel so, so grateful. And for Daniel, every relationship and friendship in my life right now, I have never felt more gratitude to mm. be in that place in this place like ever so I feel really 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 grateful for those what a sweet spot to be in <laughs> where can people find you and is there anything that we maybe could look forward to in the near future for you I'm always so excited now to see like what you're gonna come up with <laughs> I will be because as of right now, I don't have any social media courses. I give as much free content as I can Mm -hmm. on Instagram. So you can find me at Caitlin Curiosity. I have a website, CaitlinCuriosity.com. I have a YouTube, Caitlin Curiosity. Mm -hmm. I have TikTok, which is actually Curiosity Caitlin. So you can link all of this. Pretty much. I have a Pinterest. I have (laughs) I have a LinkedIn. I I do, but LinkedIn's the one thing I don't actually do and I don't know anything about. I would be so curious to hear other people talk about it, but I am on every social media platform possible because I am fully in experimentation mode. So nothing is nothing is to be launched yet, but this is kind of how my process works. So I go into like experimentation mode Mm -hmm. and then there'll be a launch. So Mm -hmm. something will be coming soon. It will be with social media because I genuinely want to help as many people as possible. If, if, and this is like, if I can say one thing, if there is one piece of advice that I can't stand when someone is in business or marketing and they're talking and they tell people like, that you shouldn't use social media or it's a waste of your time as a tool for your business. One, it's, The first thing is that's complete garbage. Social media isn't going anywhere anytime soon. But what I know that I'm here to do, at least in this moment, is to teach you how to use it with strategy, use it with joy, to use it as a tool Mm. so that you can financially provide for yourself. If you're not using it as a tool for your business, you're missing out on so much monetary value and just that community aspect. And to use it away with with intention is really important to me. So please, if someone tells you that, do not listen to them, but find ways to use it with joy. And so Instagram is the main way you can find me and there will be courses coming soon to talk more about that. (laughs) I'm so grateful, not just for your wisdom, but like you said, just for like 
internet relationships that can just be nourished over time. And I think, you know, it's not lost on me how special that is. So thank you for always making space and time to share all of your joy with us. Oh, thank you People so much. People love for you here. <laughs> you are like I just love I just I'm favorite. so grateful that our paths crossed. I know. I don't even know how long ago now because we really it really our friendship is like a testament to just finding your people and, yeah. and staying in touch with them and collaborating with them and supporting them. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful too. Awesome. Well, thank you so, <laughs> so much for coming on. I can't wait till the next time because there will be a next time. I can promise <laughs> you that. There you have it. Caitlin Smith of Caitlin Curiosity. Is she not a gem? Oh my God. People like that exist in the world and that just makes me feel so much better knowing that she she's out there. There are people like that out there and it just really is so inspiring and just makes me um, remember just my innate self. It, it really, conversations with Caitlin, even just seeing her on Instagram, it feels like I'm sort of just sinking my feet into soil, right? Into the earth. She really just brings me back to ground zero. And for that, I am so grateful. I just love having people like that in my orbit. And I feel really, really lucky that I can take those people and put them here on the podcast for you to also experience. And so I hope that you felt that from Caitlin as well. And in addition to that, I really hope that you got some amazing social media um, tips and tricks from this episode, because this is the first time when I first started um, following Caitlin's new new business venture, this was the first time that I was getting tips for social media that didn't feel icky, right? That didn't feel like, I don't know, just icky is the right word. Um, so I'm really grateful that she shared her space with us today and all of her joy and all of her wisdom. And I really hope that you just felt like it was a warm hug. If you have just a few seconds, I would absolutely love if you would review this podcast. You can do so by going to iTunes and just leaving a five-star rating and review. And please feel free. This is so helpful when you guys um, take a screenshot and just share on Instagram um, with your followers, people who think that uh, they would really resonate with this episode and resonate with Caitlin, resonate with this podcast. Organic growth um, is the number one way that this podcast lands in the laps of people who need conversations like this most in their lives. So thank you so much. I'm not doing this by myself. I can do this because you all support me so much and you keep showing up to listen to these episodes. And for that, again, I know I say it all the time, but I am so grateful. I'll see you back here next week.